Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And we're into extra time. Hello and welcome to Extra Time. I'm Sally Murphy. While the wait is almost over, the British and Irish Lions will face their toughest challenge yet tomorrow night when they take on the All Blacks for the first time. And with four wins and only two losses under their belt, there's anticipation the Lions could give the home side a run for their money. I asked our rugby expert, Joe Porter, what we can expect. Well, the British and Irish Lions have shown so far this tour that they can certainly play a strong, strangling, choking type game. They showed it against the Crusaders and again against the New Zealand Māori. And although Warren Gatland has made a few subtle changes to the sides that played those two teams, I imagine the same game plan will be employed. We can expect plenty of high kicks from halfback Connor Murray and first five Owen Farrell to post a kick for the corners and try and push the All Blacks back into their own 22. And then, of course, that defensive pressure of the flat line speed the British and Irish Lions bring and their presence at the breakdown and, of course, at set piece. They'll hope to, I guess, get the All Blacks to concede penalties within their own 22 or their own half even and kick goals. It'll really be a contrast of styles on this weekend with the All Blacks, of course, trying to play their high-speed, high-tempo, high-intensity game plan, looking to use their skill set and ability in the last 20 minutes to pull away the impact of their bench to break down this Lions defence. So it really is a a contrast of ethos, a contrast of styles, and it should be very, very compelling. The Lions certainly have a good chance of winning. If the rain, of course, stays around like it is, then they have an even better chance. Though I do think that All Blacks in the last 20 minutes will do what they do to most teams and pull away their bench in particular, looking very strong. I still think the All Blacks will win probably around the scoreline of 30 points to 18. The Lions have sort of been focusing on the penalties and they've been trying to get as many points on the board as soon as they can. Do you think that's what they're going to focus this week or do you think they'll actually try and get some tries? I think they're foxing that they're going to go for tries, to be honest. They've picked a few people in the back line that suggest they may try and run the ball a little more. However, I think it'll be the same game plan they employed against the Crusaders and the Māori, suffocate the side through the set piece, kick into the opposition 22 and then try and pressure the opposition into conceding penalties, like you said. I imagine the scores will be quite tight at half-time with the Lions really coming out hard in that first half. Probably something like 10 points to 9, the Lions kicking three penalties and the All Blacks scoring a try and a penalty. So I imagine, yeah, the penalties will be the order of the day for the Lions, though they do have some players in that back line that can score tries. It'll be interesting. It will be a compelling battle and, and it will be fascinating, but I, I don't think the Lions are fooling anyone if they're suggesting they're going to play running rugby. Yeah. Well, what do you think the All Blacks are going to do to try and counteract their defence that they've been focusing on? Yeah, that's probably the most interesting part of this battle, in a way, will be how the All Blacks' backline looks to break down that defence. Of course, it starts in the forwards in the set piece. If the All Blacks can get parity there, it gives them a good platform to go forward on. And if they can get the breakdown running well and the All Blacks' loose forwards can clean out the Lions, will try and slow that ball down as much as they can. We all know quick ball is crucial to the All Blacks' game plan. But if they can get it, then you look to guys like Bowden Barrett to utilise some of their unique skills, cross kicks and various other things. Sonny Bell Williams to get his arms through the tackle and offload while bringing in two defenders. And of course, those behind the back plays that put those outside backs into space. So I, I do think the All Blacks will have a, quite a few plans, but it does all come down to the breakdown where they 
they need to get that clean ball to set their game alight. And what do you make of the teams? Were there any sort of surprises in either the Lions or All Black selections? A few of the Lions' backs were kind of interesting, suggesting they were looking to play a bit more of a running style, although I'm not quite sure how that will pan out. The All Blacks were really only one talking point, and that was a surprise selection of young 20-year-old Rico Yuani to start on the left wing in place of 53-test veteran Julian Savia, who I think scored about 47 test tries, almost won a test. So, uh, yeah, quite quite a call from Hanson to put Rico ahead of uh, Julian on the wing. But, of course, he's he's played the Maori, uh, sorry the Lions already a few times for the Blues and the Māori this tour. Uh, he cut capers against the Lions when the Blues played them and scored a fantastic try. He has raw speed, the fastest in the All Blacks squad, so there's that as well. And, obviously, Hanson, um, he doesn't take punts, really, so he will have done his homework. And he obviously thinks that Rico has something that will trouble this Lions side. It's been hard to miss the Lions fans wandering around Auckland. Around 20,000 people are expected here for the tour. Jesse Chang asked a few of them who they think is going to win the first test. I think Lions to win. The Lions, of course. (laughs) Absolutely. We've got to win the first test to give ourselves a chance, but I think we're in there with a shout. No, the Lions. Easily. A Lions win, obviously. (laughs) A very big win, yeah. I'm just saying that we got no chance, but they said that against the Chiefs and we beat them, so... We are madam. We are madam as well. But then they said that they had a better team, but we still... So. And they say they can't wait. We've been looking forward to for four years now. It's been planned and saved for. I'm just really, really looking forward to it and just love being here. Booked the Lions tour about two years ago. So we've been looking forward to it for two years. I am really, really looking forward to seeing the All Blacks do the hacker in the stadium. I am over the moon for that. Can't wait. They're all ready for the All Black fans. Uh, the Kiwis certainly have lots of opinions when it comes to rugby. Uh, not all of them correct, but we'll uh, we'll see on Saturday. Yeah, we've got down, t-shirts. Yeah. We've got t-shirts. We have, we we've come back. T-shirts with McCall's name on them. Yeah, 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 yeah we have. Yeah, and we will wear them. <laughs> there might even be a song or two. My mum's Welsh, uh, and uh, she'd be very upset if we didn't sing some good Welsh songs. Uh, the Irish, the Scots, and the English will be there too, and uh, hopefully we can all join in together with one or two as well. Yeah. Would you be able to sing some for me now? Oh, I, I could. Possibly saving it all in uh, in reserve for, for the weekend. The Lions will be facing the All Blacks two more times after the game tomorrow before they head home. Jesse Chang reporting. The White Ferns kick off their Cricket World Cup campaign against Sri Lanka in England tomorrow. I spoke to team captain Susie Bates about their prospects in the tournament. Yeah, we've had a really good um, lead up. To the tournament, we had a week in Southampton where we had a chance to get out on grass and train a lot, and then we've had two warm-up games. Um, one went really well against India, and one not so well against England. So, um, look, we've been training really hard, and um, you know it's hard to gauge on those warm-up games. But ideally, we would have played a bit better against England. But in saying that, um, there was a lot to take from that game and um, a lot of learning. Yeah, so what specific things have you learned from that game? I think it was just more about our approach with the bats. We um, we didn't get off to a great start and then we sort of tried to hit our way out of trouble on a wicket that didn't perhaps have a lot of pace in it and later on in the tournament the wickets are going to probably play similar to that and, and how we get ourselves out of trouble and our scoring options and um, then with the ball we just um, you know, on those types of wickets, hitting the stumps more often, and we, we didn't quite execute that. So it was a good learning curve and in, in ways we have to go about perhaps game plans on those types of wickets. 
Yeah, well, England are obviously playing in their home conditions. Do you think that sort of gives them an advantage? Yeah, I think they probably they probably have a bit more background information on the ground than the type of wickets we're going to play on. But um, in saying that, like, we've had six or seven girls over here playing in English conditions, a lot of girls that have played over here in the past. But, yeah, you always have that inside knowledge of, of how wickets are going to play, and, and we try and get as much information as we can too. But they're used to these types of wickets, so there is an advantage, but um, look, there's no real demons and and the wickets over here, and you can play positive cricket, and it's just how how well we can execute that. And how's the team feeling? Obviously, you've had a few warm-up games. Are you going to take much from them? I mean, is is that how you're keeping an eye on the players? Uh, Look, it's been a great opportunity to to see where some of our our players are at, having come off a winter. Um, But in my mind, we have 15 players that are are ready to go, and the first team's going to be really tough to pick but it's also exciting if, if there are injuries I know now that everyone's had some time in the middle and, and done a job for us um, but yeah it is hard to gauge where we're really at you know a lot of the teams haven't played their full strength sides and you keep some tactics up your sleeves for the real um, matches so look we're not going to read into that too much Anders. and obviously your first game is on Saturday what are you hoping for for that match? Yeah, it's against Sri Lanka, and I don't think we've ever lost to them in a one-day international, and we'd like to keep it that way, especially at a World Cup. But all the teams here have, um, you know, improved in the last four years since um, we've played each other at a World Cup, and they've got a really um, world-class batter in Atapasu, and she's a pretty destructive player and can hit the ball hard, and they've got a lot of um, handy left-arm and off-spin bowlers, so... But we're pretty confident that if we play as well as, as we can, um, that we'll come away for a win. But at a World Cup, um, you, know, you can't take anything lightly and we, we get to play everyone, so we've got to be prepared for Saturday. Team New Zealand could win the America's Cup this coming week. Sitting on three wins, they just need four more to take the title. Oracle Team USA have had a few days off to tinker with their boat to try and make up for the 3-0 scoreboard. But Team New Zealand's coach, Murray Jones, says a comeback for Oracle could be hard as the New Zealanders are simply sailing better. Also, I think the way we've set up our boat is a little bit better than the way they have with the way Pete, Glenn, Blair, Andy sort of work um, all with different responsibilities and... um, with Oracle, you have sort of Jimmy trying to fly the boat and steer, and then you have Slingsby doing the tactics, which is a little bit of a compromised role um, because he's sort of all over the place doing grinding and pedalling and sometimes at the front of the boat, sometimes at the back, and it's uh, it's just not so easy as the relationship that um, Glenn and Pete have together where they're just sitting side by side, and uh, I think they have a little bit more time to look around and assess things in a more calm way. Oracle and Team New Zealand race twice on Sunday and twice again on Monday morning. Former All Black Zach Guilford's journey back into professional rugby has taken another step forward after he signed to play for the Waikato in this season's Provincial Cup competition. Guilford told Stephen Hewson coming back from alcohol abuse and off-field problems has not been easy hitting rock bottom um you know this time last year that that definitely helped um you know i realized there were going to be no more 
contract handouts and if I wanted to keep playing rugby then I had to work bloody hard and, and that's what I did, you know, I went away and played in the heartland and then um, come to Waikato through sevens and, and the club competition and, um, you know, I haven't been paid to do this for a long time you know, to be back in the semi-professional environment with Waikato, um, I'm very grateful. I mean, I know you've sort of had the odd chat with New Zealand Rugby Union. Have they given you an indication of where they need to see you at if you're going to sort of return to full-time professional rugby? Um, not really. You know, I talked with them back in January and they still weren't keen, but I guess uh, them giving me the green light to play in the Maiteteen Cup is a, is a bit of hope for myself that maybe one day... Um, they'll be in a position to let me play uh, Super Rugby again or for high honours or all going well, I guess, with my form and off the field, but um, I don't really know too much, to be honest. How how difficult has it been or, or how supportive have, have you found it? Because, I mean, the mental health side of things is obviously a lot of talk and discussion, particularly, you know, the death of former players and things to suicide. I mean, has that made this journey a little easier for you? Um, yeah, I guess, you know, now mental health, um, you know, no one's run away from it and, you know, when people come forward to speak about their problems, um, you know, people are applauding them and you have guys like, uh, I guess, Mike King who who are the forefront of, um, of that sort of stuff and that's cool and um, I think that's what we need in rugby is more guys coming forward and, you know, life's not all sunshine and lollipops at professional rugby, like we are just normal guys who play rugby, so... Uh, Yes, the more that can be put out there, the more to help our younger generation. I see what you've been doing a few sort of programs, speaking at schools and things with with Mike King. You, you, what's what's that entail? Having been down a, a similar track as Mike, and you know, I guess some of the kids that that do struggle with a lot of things in their personal life, I can relate to them. And um, it's always easier coming from someone that's been down a, a similar path and has struggled a wee bit. Um, maybe I can relate to to those younger kids a bit more, but. I guess for myself, I've got a lot of personal development I still need to do before I can, you know, really help those kids. Zach Guilford talking to Stephen Hewson. Earlier this week, New Zealand drivers Earl Bamba and Brendan Hartley claimed an historic win at the Le Mans 24-hour race in France. It's the first time two New Zealanders have shared the winner's podium since Bruce McLaren and Chris Amon's triumph in 1966. Brendan Hartley told Morning Report's Guy and Espiner the win will forever be his career highlight. I'm very proud to be flying the flag and I mean to, to be standing on the top step of uh, the Le Mans podium with Earl, who is someone I grew up with. I mean, I started racing with him when I was seven. I, I figured out to the family farm and I mean, if we could have told our seven-year-old self that 20 years down the road we'd be standing on top of the Le Mans podium, I mean, we would have laughed. But yeah, it's a bit of a surreal story and very proud to be one of many Kiwis flying the flag at the moment and Obviously, and I'm very wary of the, the America's Cup going on as well. I've, I've been keeping a, a close eye, and, and uh, I hope it's, uh, it turns out to be an even better week for, for Kiwis. What's it like to race for that long? I mean, it's extraordinary, isn't it? 24 hours. Yeah, it's actually it's a big week for us as well. I mean, it's, it all starts on Sunday, testing, qualifying, and I mean, that, everyone's shattered by, by this time, which is why I'm not sounding very coherent, or maybe the two bears didn't help either, but... Um, it's a long time in the car, but we're prepared for it. So, I mean, coming into this race, we've already done four 36-hour tests. So we go to a track and we test for 36 hours straight. So that's not just the drivers, that's the components, testing tyres, the car, I mean, hybrid system. And it's the most complicated car in the world. So just to get the car 
to perform at its best for 24 hours is already a big challenge in itself. Yeah, I stood on the top step today. It was an amazing feeling, and I'm going to try and enjoy it for as long as I can. That's Brendan Hartley talking to Guy and Espiner. The New Zealand wicketkeeper Luke Ronke is thankful that returning to New Zealand allowed him to play as much international cricket as he did. 36-year-old Ronke announced his retirement from international cricket this week, but hopes to continue playing on the domestic T20 circuit. The Black Caps gloveman represented Australia briefly in 08 and 09, before resurrecting his international career with New Zealand in 2013. He's played a total of four tests, 85 one-day internationals and 32 T20 internationals. Ronke told Barry Guy it was a good move to return to his country of birth back in 2012. The reason to come back was to take a chance and, and, and see what happened and I was lucky enough to get picked and, and then uh, play as much as I had. I, I certainly couldn't have wished for anything more. You seem to be a specialist limited overs player. Was that the intention? My intention was to play international cricket, whether it be white ball or red ball. I mean, I still, test cricket was always my, my number one goal, and domestically and international, I always, I love playing the longer format more than, than the shorter format, but it was still, it was all cricket, and I just loved playing cricket and loved playing international cricket and, and wanted to play as, as much as I possibly could. What about something that sort of uh, stands out for you? Is there, you know, a couple of highlights there? Uh, the World Cup would be the, the main one. I mean, that was the most amazing six weeks of my career. I think everything that happened, I guess, leading into that was also pretty cool, but that six-week period with those with those guys and, and the support staff, the coaching staff and everything, what we, the ride we went on during that time was just, just phenomenal. I mean, um, and even our families and stuff, what they had to go through with us sort of being away a bit and things like that, but just that, that six weeks was just a phenomenal time to be involved. What about the people that you have played with? Um, watching Kane bat is, is pretty amazing. And the sort of the, the things he says and does at training and, and during games and things, it's, it's pretty amazing to know that someone like that at, at his age is so ridiculously good. But as the way he sort of led the team was, was phenomenal. And even from the Aussie side of things, I got to play cricket with Adam Gilchrist, who has been my, my idol and hero, I guess, cricket-wise and stuff. And to, to play cricket with people like that, it was just, just phenomenal. And there's so many people that I, I've got to play with and against that, I guess a lot of people dream of doing that, and when you're able to do that, I think you've got to be pretty pretty humble and pretty chuffed about um, being in those situations, so I certainly won't forget any of that. And you've obviously faced some good bowlers, and standing behind the wickets, you get to see a lot of perspective for batters, I suppose. Is there some opponent, perhaps, that um, you know, you've know you admired as well? Well, there's heaps. So that's the same thing. Bowling-wise, there's so many. I mean, I've got to face some of the fastest bowlers in the world over my my career, Brett Lee, Dale Stane, I mean, I got to face Shah Akhtar and stuff like that, and they're all just phenomenal bowlers. I mean, my first um, international um, opportunity with New Zealand facing Jimmy Anderson, I mean, he's the, the all-time wicket-taker for England and test cricket and stuff, and I mean, that's all pretty cool sort of things. And from the batting standpoint, <clears throat> excuse me, there's been just amazing players. Got the players, Ricky Ponting, and now there's Coley, Steve Smith, De Villiers, Amla, I mean... There's so many amazing talents in cricket that when you get to see them at full flight, it's obviously sometimes not good result-wise for, for your team, but um, when you get back and you're sitting back and watching it, and I guess with me with the gloves on standing behind it watching it, you're in awe of some of the things that they can do, and, and it's just I think it's just a brilliant spectacle. 
Luke Ronke. That wraps up yet another busy week of sport. Make sure you follow RNZ Sport on Twitter and check out our website rnz.co.nz for our live coverage of the Lions All Blacks test tomorrow night. Have a good one. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.